There is a quiet way with injustice, a dangerous way, out of the way of the headlines, a way that few have followed, but people of the way have constantly got in the way of injustice, way above their heads. But such a way has paved a way for those who have said no way. Their models are two wayward midwives straying from Pharaoh's way together will always be known as way markers, as the justice of the kingdom way. Hello, <clears throat> I'm Rory Hamilton, the minister of New Kilpatrick Parish, and here we are again, meeting in this unique day, as every day is unique, and invite each other to, to hear a word in all the words we speak and listen to that speaks of God, of light, of peace, of futures, and those who help us today are two little-known midwives who worked among the Hebrews in Egypt. They used their cover as midwives to hide a conspiracy against the fear of Pharaoh and invested in the possibility of God. And I wonder if you know their names. Shepra and Pua. Probably most of us haven't heard of them, but they are two of the very few women mentioned in the story of Moses. And there is good reason. Let us worship. Together, we bring our whole selves. We bring here that which we like to speak of and that which we don't. We bring the light and the dark that shape us, the broken and the scars that have formed us, the stories and the secrets that have moulded us, all of us. And it is not always easy. Such a prayer life is hard. This moment of admitting, knowing we have hurt others, you and ourselves. We are exposed, vulnerable, on shaky ground. And on such ground you meet us as you are, O God exposed by your love for us, your grace that makes you vulnerable on shaky ground when it comes to punishment and wrath. And neither of us can do what we ought to do. Neither of us treat the other as we deserve. Love breaks us both, revealing us as we truly are. May we take in the moment where we choose again to live towards you, to choose truth, choose hope, choose forgiveness, choose honesty, choose life. Hear us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. 
Some stories become part of you. You grow to know them so well that you can tell them freely from a hundred different angles, like Little Red Riding Hood or Goldilocks and the Three Bears. These were once such stories and even now, as we haven't told them for many, many years, we can still tell them because they're part of our growing up DNA shaped us, they grew in us. And faith stories are designed that way too. There are some that have become so much part of us, it's difficult to tell when the story ends and we begin. The garden and resurrection morning for me, or the story of creation. I love them, retell them in a different way each time because they are part of who I am. Some stories are not so well known. We sit less certain with them. We're not so sure we know what they are about, what they are there for. And um, we can tell there's a, a twist in them somewhere, but we can't tell what it is. Or something just doesn't sit quite right, or there's, a, there's something in it that doesn't, that it, it, it is a bit peculiar with them. And this story today is probably such one, still to grow in us. But when we let it, it has branches reaching everywhere. The two midwives of the Egyptian Hebrews, Shepra and Pua. Now, here's their story, but might it become our story? Now, a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, Look, the Israelite people are more numerous and more powerful than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, or they will increase and, in the event of war, join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. They were ruthless in all the tasks that they imposed on them. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shifra and the other Pua, When you act as midwives to the Hebrew women and see them on the birthstool, if it is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl... She shall live. But the midwives feared God. They did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this and allowed the boys to live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, Every boy that is born to the Hebrews you shall throw into the Nile, but you'll let, you'll let every girl live. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son. When she saw that he was a fine baby, she hid him for three months. When she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and plastered it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds on the bank of the river. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him.
This is more or less the reflection I used at the midweek service. Um, I apologise for that, but th there is no reflection in the Sunday service as such as we're sharing intergenerational communion. We start with the story of these two midwives, but we don't end there on Sunday. I'll say a little bit more about that later. But here is where we begin. The story of two midwives, but not just any midwives. This is, these are, are Shipra and, and Pua, the, the Hebrew midwives or midwives to the Hebrews. It could be either. The, the Torah doesn't make it clear. And Jonathan Sachs, the chief past chief rabbi, always said, when the Torah doesn't make it clear, there's a reason. One phrase suggests they are Hebrew women and the other they are midwives to the Hebrews i.e. Egyptian women who look after the Hebrew mothers. That's easy to That's probably a bigger point than we might think at first. These two women are also named when Moses' mother, sister and the daughter of Pharaoh are left unnamed, yet arguably play a bigger role in things, which is interesting. But maybe it is in these two women who truly play the bigger role. The Egyptians are up to high dough because the, the Hebrews are flooding the country. It feels like they are taking over. They breed like, well, you get the idea. The same idea that has shaped major decisions in our own country over the last decade. This is not an unfamiliar story. So Pharaoh summons the midwives. Scary. Pharaoh is the god, remember? If these women are Hebrew, they'd fear for their lives. If they were Egyptian, they'd fear for their lives. And he tells them to kill all the boys. But despite this order, the, the, the Hebrews keep increasing in number. How? Pharaoh asks them. And you can see Pharaoh red in the face trying to understand him thinking that they're just daft while they're the ones about to pull a complete blinder on Pharaoh. And here it is. The midwives are all scandalised and offended. Oh, it's not possible, sire, because they breed like, like the animals that they are. They are so unsophisticated, so primitive, they hardly need help in birth. They just pop out before we get there. Not exactly what they said, but exactly what they implied with their answer to Pharaoh, which just fed Pharaoh's prejudices about the Hebrews. These Hebrews are so beneath us, they are just wild animals. It was a ridiculous prejudice, but not so far from some of the prejudice over the last number of years that we've been hearing towards migrants. And so plan B is hatched. From now on, when all the boys are born, they are to be thrown into the Nile. Do you see what's happening? This is the first recorded act of civil disobedience in the Bible. The first ever, perhaps. These two midwives are named because they fear God and not the powers of the world. They rather stand up to them, lie to them, place themselves in danger to them. And so important and significant is this. The Bible names them. Because clearly what they did according to the keepers of this story, not the, the birthing of the children, but the civil disobedience is worth being named for. It is an act of moral bravery. 
these two characters and let us never forget their names since they are the first of a, a mighty group who have spoken truth to power and chosen to act with universal justice rather than the law of the one who the ones who name themselves gods of this world Shipra and uh, Pua are performing an act of justice. We don't know if they're Hebrew or if they're Egyptian, but that's the point. Justice isn't cultural or limited to one group, nation or people. It is universal, just as injustice is universal. And that, to me, is why Shifra and Pua are named. They are examples, the prime examples, in that they are the first in the faith story of people who disobeyed a small law for a bigger morality. It's all beyond what was a local prejudice and lived instead in the name of universal justice. They are taking on the gods of this world with the support and intent of the God of all worlds. There's a wee extra bit in this story which links us to communion. The word used for the basket that Moses was put in is repeated in only one other place in the Bible. There are thousands of, there are thousands of baskets mentioned in Pharaoh's dreams, to children with loaves and fish, people being let down from windows in baskets, or first fruits presented to God in baskets. But the word for Moses' basket is only in one other place, and that is the word used for Noah's Ark. The Ark and Moses' basket, the same word. Now, does that not tell us something about salvation, about the, the rescue into the future? A promise about tomorrow, a moment where God's promises are set in stone. And when you turn to the church and the table, the metaphor for which is a boat, that's Greek, it's not the same word, but the communion table, a place of promise, a place of salvation, a place where God's covenant is set into the future. And in the muddle of these three stories, around that same word, we break bread into the future on Sunday. Thank you for the invitation to join you as always in worship online. We continue to do this um, every week online with the, the video uh, and the podcast and the phone line. We also have all activities in church as well. We're in back in New Kilpatrick building again after sharing our services with the, the Cross Church at the Cross Church for the last four weeks. Um, and all our activities are starting to warm up again as uh, the new season approaches. I invite you to go onto the website at nkchurch.org.uk where you can um, find out all the activities there on the front page and all the links to everything else that's happening along with the bulletin which is posted by email or by snail mail or if you'd like that to come to you weekly if you don't already receive that then just let us know uh, mail at nkchurch.org.uk and we'll easily send it to you no problem at all happy to do so um, but you can download it from the website as well it's always there 
and in that you'll find all the activities that are happening. The festival is coming up at the end of September, so um, bearsdenfestival.org is the website there and you can find out all the things that are happening for that as well as the church connects with community again. So lots of things happening. Please do take your time to explore all of that as we gather now and bring all these things together in prayers for others. Let us pray. Holy God, for all the risk takers who dare to hold on to justice, who are so free in this world that they are not tied to the earthly gods of power or authority or threat, we pray for the children of the world who are shaped by the choices being made now in the context of conflict and environmental threat and populism, tucked into silos of prejudice and fear, we pray. For the people who see justice beyond the local rules, placed there to maintain order and keep our imaginations dulled, but a justice that sets us free to be fully ourselves and loved by each other, we pray. For those being taught in a Western world that has lost its identity, unsure of what it is becoming, unravelling its institutions and traditions, and where there is no long story being told, no legacy of faith or morality or values, we pray. For families and friends, those ill and recovering, those unemployed or without self-worth, and the longing for community again, trust again, fun again. We pray. Hear our longing. Hear our prayers. Hear our words of hope in those who take on the world and wrestle from it the way of justice, the way of light, the way of love, so be it. Amen. Go in peace. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the common life of the Holy Spirit, be with us all evermore. <laughs>